If I'm totally honest, this episode feels a little bit like my musical life's work. <laughs> Maybe my music podcasting life's work. Obviously, there is the whole Sherwood catalog, etc. Uh, but man, I have spent so much time thinking about the Beach Boys and listening to them. My guest, Jason Holstrom, has spent even more time than me, perhaps by a significant margin, as you will hear. This one is for the true heads, the true... I don't know, deep divers of the Beach Boys. And listen, I've done a lot of episodes. I've listened to a lot of episodes of the Band Splain podcast where they routinely go four to seven hours on all kinds of bands. And the Beach Boys have a 50 plus year career. So I think they are worth spending some time on. But if it's too much, I totally understand. Here we go. We'll dive into it with Jason Holstrom. So uh, non-Seattleites likely won't know your name, but a lot of Seattleites do. You've been in a bunch of bands that have done quite well here, some of which I know you guys toured a bit. So United States of Electronica. Estate. Oh, United State of Electronica. Yeah, it's it's kind of a joke how often we always had to fix that one. Interesting. USC. Everybody just calls it USC. There it is. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Then Wonderful, which is where I first um, got into your music. Cool, man. Awesome. Then you did Tonight Sky. Right. And now you are doing the more ambient Sunstrom sound. And having heard the next record, Honey Crunch, highly recommend that when it, Sweet. whenever you decide to release that. Awesome. Thank you. Here's a clip of the Tonight Sky track, Bonfire. Okay, so just yeah. you, you guys, you heard him saying, Jason, he lives in this world. <laughs> he, he wears it nicely. I am a massive Beach Boys fan. Jason, you are too. I think maybe even an order of magnitude above me, which I didn't think was possible till I met uh, you and, and some of our mutual friends. But we need to sort of explain to people, because I don't think most people know about this group of Beach Boys fans that is certainly worldwide, but not certainly numerically large. I can't, I don't know. Like, do you have any idea how many of us there are who could tell you song titles from the deep 70s stuff? Like, 
What what do you think that number is? That's a great question. I don't know. Whenever I've gone to a Brian Wilson show, there's been a crazy amount of like people there at the band's age in their 60s. And there's also been my age, the 40s and like 30s and younger yeah. and younger. So I don't know. It's been said a million times, but the music is timeless. And I mean, I was just the other day checking out the Beach Boys podcast and it just seemed like a bunch of early 20 somethings or or like teenagers like getting into like the deepest of deep cuts. So yes. I don't know. They're out there. And I have a part, a partial explanation I want to lay on you. It's the thing that makes so much of the seventies and eighties stuff bad. The sort of fact that you hear a little bit of like eighties production creeping and stuff like that. But in other ways, my image of them is that they've kind of got blinders on. Brian Wilson gave them five years of directionality, four years of directionality. And then they're like, okay, I think what we should do is just keep going this direction and not look to our left or to our right, <laughs> basically. And it produces some of the coolest songs. Some of my favorite songs come out of those years right. where they're not, they don't sound like other bands at the time, really. Their sound changes somewhat, but it's mostly in small things like the drum tones. It's like hmm. they don't yeah. like stop doing their basic, like, Five singers and and almost like an orchestra as a band. Yeah. Like that is sort of like that's there on Surfer Girl and it's there on All This Is That and it's it's there on That's Why God Made the Radio. Like they're not based like other bands as like a drums, bass, guitar, piano, and then we have a singer. They're just not built that way. They're built around the vocals. And they always were. And I think that that unmoors them a bit from like the bands that were performing at their time. Do you think I'm onto something there? Yes. And it was like a family band, you know? And so there was, right. there what they were in their own like tunnel in that way. But, and especially if you listen to like, you know, the, their greatest hits and even their 70s and 80s greatest hits, like you're saying or whatever. That's what you're hearing. What you just described is basically maybe trying to like relive the path that was originally set forth, but also man, like, and you know, that new feel flows box set and some of the, as you're, as you dig deeper into kind of what was going on, like Dennis was getting off on his totally own trip and like Carl who could sing kind of like Brian was his own thing. And I mean, there, there really was more threads than just this one dimensional thing. And I'm not saying you're yeah. claim, claiming it's one dimensional. I will say that like every record you can tell they're like hanging on whatever song that Brian's going to bring to the table. Cause for a while it wasn't much. And that was usually the best song or two on the record, but right. I don't know, man, I think there's right. a lot of gold in there and there's a lot of gems that are oh yeah, coming from other places. And, um, but I guess you're right. Genre wise, other than some stuff, like it was pretty much, they were a pop rock vocal band that we're doing like, I mean, like you said, orchestral stuff. I mean, compositionally, Brian Wilson is like doing stuff with chords that no other bands did yeah. or have done. You and know? really no rock bands have done it. That's right. Um, you, you have other bands and genres that do similar stuff in terms of like key, a lot of key changes or being quite modal, being more yep. compositionally complex, like prog rock or sure. whatever, but no one's doing the kind of like 
it, it, there's not really a word for it. I guess the reason I was saying that kind of tunnel vision thing was that I could imagine a group of 20 somethings discovering this band in particular and, and like get going, wanting to go down that rabbit hole. I think Brian, to me, there's this deep, heavy beauty all the while often like playful and to, I don't know. There's just, there's something really, really unique and special that comes out of Brian's music, man. And, and him singing that music with his like literal brothers and family. It's just, there's something so deep and real about that, that to me, you know, and, and it, you don't feel it on every single song, but you feel it on a lot of them. And that's what, that's, what's giving me like the shivers right now, you know? Ah, uh, <laughs> I feel them too. Okay. Jason, here's what we're doing. Yeah, Listeners, here's what we're doing. So often when I do these tournament bracket episodes, there are 16 artists or 16 whatever's facing off the nineties punk bracket is an exception. I don't know exactly when some of these bracket episodes are going to be released in what order, but this one's 32 because to cut beach boys albums down to 16 would have just been ridiculous to do. So what we've decided is we're going to record <laughs> round one here tonight, and then probably we're going to pick a different time to do the rest of the rounds, like from 16 on to the uh, championship. Um, it is it is a seeded list of albums from the first seed to the 32nd seed. There's really like 29 or 30 albums, depending on how you count it. <laughs> and so I added in one live album and one group of what we're just calling a singles collection. Oh, cool. You put that together. Awesome. I did. Yeah. I, I decided to put that in there because there's just some cool songs that we'll, we'll get to hear, but mostly it's like the 29 sort of, these are definitely studio albums by the beach boys. And uh, so they're seated one to 32 top seed is pet sounds. Bottom seed is summer in paradise. Summer in Paradise. That's yes, that's, that's like, the bottom seed. Nineteen ninety two. Can we just skip Summer that in one? Paradise? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, that'll be fun. That'll it's be a fun. sacrificial lamb. It's yeah. a sacrificial lamb. We'll give it its due. Here are the inclusion criteria. These were just all the Beach Boys albums. And in terms of which song I play, every round that an album makes it to the if an album wins over the other album and it makes it to the next round, we hear a different track from that album. So we get to listen through these albums. And deeper albums are rewarded and they, they do better and they go further. So, for instance, we're going to hear Wouldn't It Be Nice on Pet oh. Sounds in, in round one. And then assuming that Pet Sounds beats Summer in Paradise, mm. then we'll hear God Only Knows in round two. The way that I pick the song order is based on Spotify play count. All right. Interesting. These songs have to face off. That's the other thing. So each round, it's we're not actually talking album versus album. Uh, if if it's hard to decide, it's song versus song. Yep. And really, as much as possible, don't choose based on how much you have historically loved the album. Choose based on this song is hitting me better than this other song right now. Right. Yep. And then the album, which albums are the greatest, they will prove that to us by winning these matchups and going further in the tournament. Very nice. What I what we tend to do is wait until the album is eliminated and then talk about the album. So you can definitely talk about 
songs that we play. Let's discuss those songs. If you've got stories, memories, whatever, if there's cool. something you really love about it. And then when an album gets eliminated, so when Pet Sounds beats <laughs> Summer in Paradise from 1992, <laughs> we will share any thoughts, if we know anything at all about Summer in Paradise. We'll yeah. chat about that and then we'll bid it farewell. Yep. Here's how we decide who wins. You decide, Jason. You yeah. have final say. All right. And uh, I can try and convince you of things, which I will occasionally try to do. Fun. But ultimately, it's up to you. And I get two vetoes in the first round that I can use. Cool. And then, I, and then one veto in each round after that. All right. Eventually, we're going to come up with a winner. We will crown the king of the Beach Boys discography. Uh, whichever album that shall be. Fun. So here is every Beach Boys album that we are going to talk about and listen to clips from on this likely two-parted episode. Pet Sounds, Summer in Paradise, Surf and Safari, 2020, Shutdown Volume 2, MIU Album, Friends, The Beach Boys in Concert, The Beach Boys Today, Beach Boys Concert, that's a different album, Wild Honey, Beach Boys Party, Surf's Up, The Beach Boys... Holland, Smiley Smile, Smile Sessions, that's what we're calling the sort of Smile album, Stars and Stripes Volume 1, there was never a Volume 2, Surfing USA, The Beach Boys Christmas Album, All Summer Long, LA, parentheses, Light Album, close parentheses, That's Why God Made the Radio, The Beach Boys Love You, oh, Summer man. Days, parentheses, and Summer Nights, exclamation point, exclamation point, close parentheses, 15 Big Ones, Little Deuce Coop, Our Singles Collection, Sunflower, Keeping the Summer Alive, Surfer Girl, and the most weirdly named Carl and the Passions hyphen, quote, so tough, unquote. By the Beach Boys. <laughs> by the Beach. Carl and the Passions, so tough, by the Beach Boys. That's Do right. I understand that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love to ask this question. What happened in you as I read that list of album titles? Oh, I got, I got, I got stoked, man. And some of them. Oh, it gets tough there in the middle. Some of those middle seeds, it's just going to come up to uh, what song comes on, you know? I, I will yeah. say that I've, there's one album here that I've never listened through all the way, and I'm probably in the vast majority of even deep Beach Boys fans to say that I've never listened to Stars and Stripes Volume 1. Here we go. Without further ado, let's dive into this tournament. So round one, match one. The top-seeded Pet Sounds... Uh, 1966 and the bottom seated summer in paradise 1992 let's start with summer in paradise so this album is not on spotify or apple music you can find it on youtube and jason you and i you you tracked it down uh last week <laughs> sent me the link and we were kind of listening and, and texting back and forth about it and it is not as bad as you would think yeah that's what i would say yeah I think it it might be a better album than 1985's The Beach Boys, which is the oh I think, interesting. Uh, or I don't know, I, it might be better. There's there are one or two songs on The Beach Boys I can't live without, and there are no songs on Summer in Paradise that I can't live well, without. There's some on I'm not yeah, so there's some on Summer in Paradise that like just I can't imagine anyone not just stopping it. You know what I mean? It's like they're they're so bad, so bad that it's just yeah. There, there's moments where you're just like. I can't take it. So I think that 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 kills it for a lot of people, um, which is probably why I haven't listened to it that much either. But 
and might be why it's not on any streaming services. They might literally be embarrassed by yeah. it. And the Beach Boys release everything. They release right. absolute everything. So the fact that that one has not been That's released a good point. Is, uh, means something. Okay, here's the song, Summer in Paradise, the live version from Wembley Stadium, 1995. Oh, interesting. This is not a bad song. What year? 1995 recording from 95. the 92 album. So this is their touring you know, basically on that album. It's the title track. If our lifestyle over now, sure is sad. We gotta get back to living without. Oh, man. Bring me sunshine and water and birds on Paradise. Paradise. Paradise is the state of The recorded version on YouTube is significantly better than the yeah, version. Let, let's say that. That just seems like the most bottom of the barrel, like corporate arena. Man, hearing, I think I hear Carl's voice in there and it just gives me a little bit of warm heart. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Yeah. There's, it's like whenever Carl's singing, it's like we're in a good place. So th that's what I take from that. Yeah. Talk about nostalgia. Against... I mean, Mike Love is just really, yeah. He's really just got one speed and it's yeah, yeah, nostalgia. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's up against Wouldn't It Be Nice from Pet Sounds. Wouldn't it be nice if we could wake up in the morning when the day is blue? And if you haven't spent the day together, hold each other close the whole night through. Happy times together we Hard to hard to do the fade out on that one. Hard yeah, to not just let no it doubt. play. About in psychological evaluation and assessment, there are these uh, indicators on some of these like personality tests and things like that. They're indicators that people are lying. Sure. Asking someone to choose between these two songs <laughs> is like a perfect like. <laughs> you are trying to fail this test, sir. Or you're like a socio, like a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, or it's like it shows that you're actually a psychopath, that you like Summer in Paradise more than Wouldn't It Be Nice. <laughs> oh, man, that is just a blowout. It's like, you know, of yeah. course, I keep thinking of like March Madness with this turn, with this like bracket, yeah. and this is just like 200 to zero. What do you want to say about Wouldn't It Be Nice? Is it thousands of times I've heard that song? I don't know. Man. Or is it not? Yeah. Uh, but even just as you play right there, man, Brian's voice is just like pulling at my like heart and it's so pure the lyric is so beautiful with it's like it's youthful innocence and then the track is just pumping and killer and like that deep soul i was talking about like that groove and when the background vocals come in just the bop bop bottom yeah and it's huge and like heavy but also like the most beautiful sparkling thing at the same time this is perfect man that's like I mean, that's, it's perfect. Oh, so good. There's, I don't know what there is to say about Summer in Paradise. If people like, like if you're a real Beach Boys head and you haven't heard that song, I would definitely say, check out the, find the YouTube clip for the studio album. Cause about four songs on it are pretty cool. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it definitely goes into like Mike Love, like rapping, which yeah. kind of kills it. <laughs> But there's some, there's some definite like 
and yeah, like the cover of Surfing. Yeah, there's some there's some weird stuff. I think there's I read. Really I mean, bad stuff. I read on it sold like a thousand copies or something, which for the Beach Boys is pretty sad. Um, In 1992, this, when CDs are flying off the shelves, right, right, yeah. So record companies are selling a lot of records in 1992. A thousand copies is like for formerly the biggest band in America, the biggest band in the Western hemisphere at one point. Yeah. But you know, it's got, it's got Al, Bruce, Mike, and Carl all singing on it. And like, they've got a legendary blend and they played a billion shows together. And yeah, the way they sing, man, it's, it's on there. It's on that yeah. record, and it, it, it is, is a Beach Boys record, although... It's a Beach Boys album that's trying really hard to be a Beach Boys album. Yeah, right. In a bad way. <laughs> yeah, from dudes that are kind of getting, like, older, and it's... it's, yeah, it's Right. So next up, Surf and Safari versus 2020. Oof. All right, so for Surf and Safari, we get the song Surf and Safari. Okay. We're going on safari to the island this year, so if you're coming, get ready to... So good. Mm. It's so good. Yeah. Okay. And from 2020, I can hear music. Is this when Carl's voice is kind of operating at full tilt? I mean, God only knows, you know. God only knows if his voice was operating at full tilt in 1968. <laughs> no, I, I guess yeah, dude, I know. He sounds amazing. You're right. He's You're emerging. Right. Like, they're surprised yeah. with God only knows, right? They're surprised to some degree that, like, oh, he can really carry, like, important yeah. songs. He's the youngest member of the group, right? Right. So then yep. by 69, that's three years after Pet Sounds, and he's had a, a, you know, a lot more shows under his belt, probably a couple hundred more shows. Yeah. And he's three years older. And on, you could just hear him on that track. Like, he's oh, fucking owning he sounds that amazing, vocal. man. It sounds amazing. Uh, tell me about, talk about Surf and Safari a little bit. It's so easy to just be like, oh, it's early. It's their early stuff. It's so simple. Yeah. You know, it's, it's three chords, basically. And, um... So all that is true. It's also so foundational for what made the Beach Boys even be a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if and if you listen to that vocal re- arrangement, just like it's got that Brian, that rhythm and that soul in there. And I really love that song. Mike's voice is so just nasally, but like perfect for like cutting through and like starting on that seventh you know like early in the morning i don't know i love that song a lot well who's gonna advance i can hear music or surf and safari i can hear music is a cover man 
That's a Ronette song. That's tough. I did not go through and ensure that no cover songs were chosen. Yeah, yeah. So we we might we get them where we get them. Yeah. And if but if that's the song that people like the most from 2020, I know. And if the song they like the most is a cover song, well, that doesn't really speak very well of 2020, right? right. Then they could like they couldn't top that. Then at least in the minds of most listeners, then that's a reason that the album shouldn't go on. I think you know. Yeah, and if we want it to be about a Beach Boys song, it is a Beach Boys recording. Like you said, it is so sweet. And this song gets stuck in my head. And they owned it, for sure. Like, this was, I think this was a single, wasn't it? I mean, I Can Hear Music technically is probably a better song. I never had a love of my own. Maybe that's why. Oh, Carl's trying to sing like Ronnie Spector, and he's nailing it. Um, yeah, what's your vote? What do you got? What do you got? My vote is for I Can Hear Music. I just think that I I really love Surf and Safari. I actually think it's like there's a lot of really cool stuff going on there. But when I hear Carl singing I Can Hear Music, I'm just like, oh, this is I just like the song more. I just like this. I want to listen to it more often. Yeah. I like it more. I just think it's a better overall recording. I think Brian would agree with us that I Can Hear Music is a better track. Okay, so 2020 goes ahead. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Surf and Safari. Surf and Safari is their first album. There's some cringy, cheesy, weird stuff on it. It's cool. I mean, what it sounds like is some kids making having, having fun, and you can, yeah. hear the, you can hear the genius of Brian's arrangements, and like it's so cool to hear them working at that age. Um, it's also an all-time album cover. Yeah, for sure, dude. Especially for a brand new band, not a big budget or whatever, right? They're like, it's their first idea. And it's like the the photo of them, the colors of the surfboard and the green palm fronds and the yellow truck with the red yeah. hubcaps. And then like the font is so cool and like holds up so well. Yeah. It looks incredible today. That is just a killer album. Super cover. enticing. And yeah, Serpent Safari is definitely the, I'd say the best song. 409, I loved 409 as a kid for some reason. Like I had like my little car phase in high school and stuff. And I, I just, I really dig the energy of 409. And yeah, they hadn't really, they hadn't opened it up at all yeah. yet, yet really. Well, two years later in 1964, they would start opening it up because we're talking about Shutdown Volume 2. Yeah. And this is coming up against MIU album from 1978. Not sure this one's going to be close because here is Come Go With Me from MIU oh, album. time and place for that yeah, track for sure there is yeah. but here's don't worry baby from shutdown volume oh two. my gosh really okay yeah. this is just like hey yeah. come go with me why don't you go and fuck yourself that's what don't <laughs> yeah. worry baby saying straight up
it's not even a yeah 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 there's no question so oh, man what here's my question about don't worry baby because it's a rare thing for the beach boys they've got the lead vocal panned hard left mm. and all the harmonies panned hard right they almost never do that but this track has that st- that's the stereo mix which is what i tend to listen to yeah do you like that decision so yeah we, you know brian only had hearing in one ear and also as was i think the times he they mix their stuff in mono so we know that when we hear an early mono mix brian wilson was there saying thumbs up and so yeah you got to respect yeah. that i think on the early mixes of don't worry baby like the vocal the lead vocal sounds kind of buried almost like i'm not sure brian was like self-conscious about how intimate those, his, his voice his voice yeah. the falsetto and how intimate those lyrics are man it's like oh that, again that's i think that's another one of my favorite beach boy songs um, me too oh yeah it's probably top so, 10 so yeah i don't know it's cool I, I like it when they do a stereo mix because then you just get to hear another layer of it but yeah the hard yeah the, the the far out panning is usually doesn't necessarily serve the groove anyway usually kind of takes away from the groove but that track is so beautiful what do you think about don't worry baby any other thoughts about it or memories or anything Man, I actually recorded a version of that um, a couple years ago as a little anniversary gift to my wife, which was pretty fun. I've always loved that song a lot. I mean, the lyrics are um, maybe like a seemingly kind of trivial story, right? About like, he's going to race his car. He's like, oh, I should have kept my mouth shut when I bragged, but I got to do this thing. And she's like, don't worry, baby. And I don't know. It's just so like, it just paints this beautiful picture in my head. Anyway. Um, and the vo- the vocals are great. The production is super, super cool. I love the little like one note guitar solo in the middle. It's so unique oh. and effective. This is a song I love to play on the, like on the ukulele for some reason. When it goes into the, oh, what she does to me, it goes into that part, like key changes up and then like turns around yeah, and then falls right back on to like the right, I don't know, just the way Brian's chords, they're like this these like beautiful like matrices or something the way they yeah the way they work yeah yeah that key change from verse to chorus is oh. just a master class yeah. it's unbelievable Dude, it's perfect what do you want to hear from miu album <laughs> come go with me was come go with me is fun it's a it's a pretty cool Dude, it's version got a groove. of it it's, got it's a fun groove for sure. it does have a good groove like i i like listening to it should we listen to my diane or is there something you'd rather hear my Diane is really, really heavy and really, and really gorgeous and powerful. Yeah. Dennis singing that one. So yeah. Yeah. That deep, that deep, almost Tom Waitsy. Yeah. Like hard living voice, you know, hard living voice. All right. Here's my Diane from MIU album, 1978. Did you think that you were chained down? something going on there so heavy yeah yeah the year before that record came out dennis released his one did he have another one but his big solo record that was the only one Pacific he ever Ocean finished. Blue. yeah finished yeah the only one he finished the first track river song is yes. awesome and you can hear his voice kind of arriving 
This song slays. It's actually kind of a good example of what I was talking about earlier, how the Beach Boys are not as yoked to their era Mm -hmm. as other bands of their era. That song sounds like 1977. Like, it's awesome. Right. But like, he he didn't do the five Beach Boys singing. He brought in a choir, which really works. That's a cool sort of take a cool modification of the Beach Boys format. It's like, yeah. let's just get a fucking choir. Yeah. Let's get 40 voices on this instead of five. And Dennis had like learned so much from Brian and like produced a lot of actually really beautiful and powerful Beach Boys tracks at this point. But you could tell this was like his first time to like break out. Yeah. I'd recommend anyone go check out that song, River Song. It keeps going and it gets kind of crazy. Like it really builds it and like does these big heavy breaks and uh it's it's really cool it's a really ambitious song and i love that it's track one too i read some quote that was like if brian wilson would have released river song in 77 the world would have gone nuts you know what i mean i think that's true if that was a beach boys jam it would have been like relevance all out of nowhere you know Uh uh-huh which is crazy. I think that's totally true. And that's true. Like Dennis was always like the actual cool guy in the band, you know, oddly enough, MIU, I think he kind of refused to play on MIU. I think he had nothing to do with MIU except for being the vocal on my Diane. Um, Which sounds so much shakier and less confident than his vocal on river song there. Like those were really different vocal performances. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a Brian. Yep. It's a Brian song, but he sounds like the really fucked up, thrashed Brian of the 70s and 80s. Yeah, yeah. There. Like, kind of the the height of the live, staying in his bedroom all day time. Like, when right. he's totally thrashed his voice. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah. by the way, do we know if that was, like, primarily acid reflux? If you're laying down all day <laughs> and eating a ton of food, that's going to tear that's up your voice. Uh, I think, like, there's other... Uh substances at play like probably way too many cigarettes and everything sure. else cigarettes and, and acid reflux alcohol i'm gonna give those and one and two cocaine and everything yeah, i guess yeah it's true but yeah so but miu right, there's i got love for miu it's a weird album and it's a weird situation that brought him there but and i think this is maybe the first time where mike was really trying to like come on brian let's go do the old pop jams and so like yeah really, i mean if you i'm looking at the track listing and it's like Three songs over three minutes on the whole album. So they're like quick yeah. and snappy. And I mean, Kona, yeah. Kona Coast is super fun. Pitter Patter, Bells of Paris. I mean, I like a lot of these jams. Hey, Little Tomboy's a little creepy or significantly creepy, but. <laughs> hey, Little Tomboy. Who? Yeah. Uh, let's, leave, let's leave that song on Jeffrey Epstein's Island. <laughs> so when when for you did your Beach Boys fandom 
sort of kick into turbo? Like where, where, when did it cross that line of like, okay, I'm getting more into this than my (laughs) other friends who are also into music. Oh man. There's all these little checkpoints along the line from like being a little kid and just my dad having like the oldie station on and just, I want more of that, whatever that is, you know, and it was the beach boys Mm -hmm. to like having, you know, in my like late teens, some like discovering pet sounds while I'm going through this like emotional thing with the, with a a girlfriend at the time or something. Right. Man, like getting out of college and being, you know, starting to be playing in bands at that age, you know, like like early twenties where the world is expanding. And then we, we discover the smile session stuff on that good, good vibrations box set that blew it wide open for me. But then like the fact that I had those youthful, experiences as well it just it just kept yeah it connected back to growing. a happy childhood or happy parts of the childhood or whatever right? yeah yeah it's sort of like if everything were the same but these records all started coming out in like 1998 or something <laughs> yeah it would be different because we grew up in a world that was already fairly saturated with the beach boys Right. You know, it was in the wider culture. And so it's likely that we would be exposed as children. And that gives us like an extra power of nostalgia, yeah. like an emotional multiplier. Right. That not only do you discover people who know American music just sort of casually agree that like, oh, he's probably the best American songwriter we've ever had. And so like you come up against the greatest American songwriter we've ever had, maybe composer, I don't know, pop composer, yeah, that's, whatever that's you want to call it. I get it. I get it, it. It's tough because songwriting implies sort of equal lyrics and Brian is not, certainly not the best right. lyricist in American I mean, history. Bob, Bob Dylan, <laughs> or you know what I mean? It's like, but I hear yeah, you Yeah, it's like he can't, he, he can't compete on that. But like in terms of like a single musical mind in American popular music, there that's it what it is. People will basically go, yeah, that's Brian Wilson. He's the number one that we've ever had. And so you're going to hear that. You're going to hear whatever that mind made. And that's going to blow your mind. But then the fact that you also fucking remember it from sitting on the carpet at age five. Right, right, right. You can't buy that kind of emotional resonance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is so special. And even their like early stuff was already built with some sort of nostalgia in it already. I love that. Yeah. It's nostalgic for my dad in the eighties when he's playing it for me already, but it's also like, or it is for them in 68 when they're singing, do it again, you know, or like even singing about the girls on the beach or whatever. Like there's this kind of longing nostalgia, like built into it in a way. And I think that's right. Yeah. So yeah, there, there are other checkpoints too along the line, you know, when you start to get into that smile music, it kind of opens everything up and then you're like dying to know what's after. And then it's like, yeah, exploring the records beyond and, Oh, there's maybe one song that I like on Love You. And then you're like, oh, wait, I guess there's two. And then you're like, oh, guess, oh, wait, okay, I love this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, wow, if Love You's that good. I need to check out whatever. I mean, um, yeah. It just seeds, man, just like expands that way. So. All right, let's get back into the tournament. We've got 1968 Friends versus the Beach Boys in concert. Yes. So here's from Beach Boys in concert. Sloop John B. Live. I want to go home. Why don't they let me go home? Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel so 
It's hot. Pretty, pretty good live. I mean, <laughs> yeah. performance of it. Those yes. Pet Sound songs. I just, I cannot imagine the difficulty level of doing those live. Yeah. This came out in November 1973. So this is like their popularity is way down in the states. Uh, has almost cratered here, but they they kill live all around the world, right? That's my understanding of yeah. the 70s. Uh, here's Little Bird from Friends. Whoa, interesting. That is a weird fucking song, dude. (laughs) Where's my pretty bird? That's just a weird song. That's in that like late sixties, early seventies era where there's there is some maximally it sounds like sort of drug induced songs. I like it though. I think this is the first official Dennis Wilson composition. I don't want to hijack too much from the Sail On podcast, which is there's the Beach Boys. Yep. Sail On podcast is a beautiful podcast that I love, and they go so deep. And they went over this album uh, not too long ago. But a lot of these grooves, and maybe even some of these tracks, some of the actual backing tracks later on in this song, is like "Child is the Father of the Man" tracks, like "Smile." Oh, whoa! Yeah, like if you listen, they, to the, they like built it around them. It was a Dennis song, but like maybe like a Dennis snippet that Brian was like, cool song, Dennis. And like finished it and was like, look guys, Dennis yeah. made a song, which is cool. Cause it's his little brother, you know? Yeah, um, that is cute. That's cool. Yeah. I've always loved this, this song a lot. And then to learn that Dennis had like a poet friend hmm. and the lyric to this song, I don't know. It's kind of a very, very beautiful, like sort of a Zen experience just about this like peaceful bird. I love this song. A lot and it is weird and kind of far out all right so we'll zoom back to when you when we heard that sloop john b live you're like whoa they're the band's really cooking they were like a big so i actually listened to beach boys in concert tonight during dinner because i haven't listened to that in a long time and i remember i remember hearing people say that it's a killer a killer record um and dude the band sounds so solid and it's to me it's such a cool little snapshot of their history because like Brian is pretty much like getting more and more out of the picture. Like at this point, they got Blondie Chaplin and Ricky Fatar. They got other players and Brian's not touring. Carl's like still really young and he's like taking the wow. band is becoming a little more of Carl's vehicle and the band's killing it and they're powerful. And and to me, that's a super valid part of their history because had the band not risen up when Brian dipped down right the band the band could have been could have been done and and if the band was done who knows if brian's music would have come out so it's cool i got so much respect for the beach boys in concert because it shows the beach boys as we're a killer 70s band playing brian's amazing music and i love that i love that angle yeah yeah yeah. little bird wins by the way okay (laughs) i love i love i love sloop john b Hell yeah. All right. Friends 1968 uh, moves on. Next up, 
The Beach Boys Today, 1965. Mm-hmm. This is two albums before Pet Sounds versus Beach Boys Concert. Pretty heavily handicapped. This one here today is a pretty high seed. <laughs> so uh, here's from Beach Boys Concert, the little old lady from Pasadena oh, live. You can see her on the beaches getting her kicks now. Go, Penny, go, Penny, go, Penny, go. With her four speed stick and her 426 now. That is very weird production. Yeah. Turn up the screams. <laughs> Here is Dance, Dance, Dance oh, yes. from today. Cool. I hit the radio dial and tuned it up all the way. I got a dance. Dance, 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 or the little old lady from Pasadena live. I mean, do I just call it right now, or do we uh, <laughs> yeah, talk call about it? it? <laughs> well, then we'll talk about it. But obviously, it's... dance, dance, dance. Yeah. Whoo! All right. Tell me a little bit about dance, dance, dance. The key change in the middle of the second verse is like one of the most like mind blowing musical feats. <laughs> I just I love it so much. Let's hear that. Let's let me play it. Hell yeah. Oh, so adventurous. It really is, it's man. So great. Yeah. To have that idea, first of all, and then to be able to make it work at all, and then to make it so powerful, like I just like I like raise my fists in the air when that section happens. It's just like, yeah. You couldn't help it. Yeah. And he's being tough. He's like, I play it cool when it's slow and jump in when it's fast. You know, it's like, I don't know. They're like young dudes making this really, really powerful music, you know? And Yeah. 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 I love that. It's really good. I, I'm, I'm personally love, do you want to dance? Yeah. I, I like it more. I think there, we'll get to it, but I think that there's something he does that had been very rare till then of really making that chorus pop yeah. out over the verse. Next up, Wild Honey, 1967 versus Beach Boys Party, mm. 1965. Here is Barbara Ann from Beach Boys Party. This is a good song. All right, we all know Barbara Ann. Yeah, it's great. It is. It's awesome. It is great. It's really awesome. Here's Darlin from Wild Honey. Oh, yeah.
I really like that song. I think that this is my least favorite era of Carl Wilson's uh. vocal delivery, though. <clears throat> I I don't like him as much when he's trying to do Wilson Pickett and like <laughs> Black Soul. Uh-huh. I like him more when he's you know going like either sweet like all I got only knows or like strong, but kind of clean. Right. You know, right. I, that's the Carl I like more. Uh, but that's a cool track. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you think? Well, hearing yeah, those I think tracks? That's kind of the, you know, they always say like wild honey is like Brian, they were like, let's make an R and B record, you know? So I think they, and I, and I, and so I know what you're saying about that, that Carl vocal, not my favorite necessarily Carl vocal either, but man, Talk about a killer Brian Wilson song. I really love Darlin' so much. I feel like I sing Darlin' just walking through life every week. Love that. I guess not a whole ton else to say. That song became one of their like forever long-lasting live jams, too. And yep. there's a lot yep. of really killer live versions of that. But I agree. Carl, Carl's got such a sweet voice, and rocking it out isn't necessarily like his forte, but he could do it for sure. So, yeah. So you're sending Wild Honey on over Party? Yeah, for sure. You know, Party is a weird record. It's 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 supposed to sound like they're playing like a house show, but they added in all the crowd stuff later. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of cool, like uh, stripped down, kind of more acoustic accompaniments, like at a house party. You get a couple instruments in there. Uh, and Barbara Ann is, it's a perfect song for them to cover with their vocal style. I mean, it's... It, it's like it was written for them. It, it's that kind of a song. I also think it was in that movie, like Three Ninjas, this like oh, dumb whoa. kids ninja movie. <laughs> in the and like they perform it on the stage, Ooh, and funny. I just remember like that might have been like a little. Oh yeah, remember you love the Beach Boys? Like yeah. it might have helped me like around age eleven or whatever I yeah. was when that came out. Like, hey, don't forget about the Beach Boys. They're gonna come back to you as a teenager. You know, right. But I don't listen. I never listen to Beach Boys Party. Like I don't put that record on. I did tonight again, uh, getting ready. But and I feel the same way. It's it's interesting. This is one that's like such a quintessential on every greatest hits. I feel like, but yeah. it's so different than any other Beach Boys song. It really is. It is by far. And uh, it was always part of when I thought of the Beach Boys. It was like. Little Deuce Coupe, Barbara Ann, my dad singing it. And, yep. and so to me, I, I I love it. I've never really even really heard the original version of the song. To me, it's a totally a Beach Boys song. I don't think I have and, either. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And a lot of ways, Beach Boys Party was like something the label, I think, encouraged them to do after maybe some, yeah. was it post Pet Sounds? After some like less than stellar like commercial no, numbers it's, it's 65 it? so okay, it's, it's before. Right before i think it might be after today or before today or something like that yeah so um it's yeah. fun it's fun i mean it's crazy there's like songs off of help there's like a bunch of beatles songs and stuff on it which is interesting and yeah it's a fun listen but yeah next Darling. up an a pretty heavily uh heavily weighted matchup here surfs up 1971 mm. often believe often thought of as like really the great of the seventies albums, uh, yeah. versus the beach boys, 1985, uh, not exactly thought of in such glowing terms. Right. Uh, but as we are about to hear, it does have two great songs. Cause mm. even if, even when surfs up beats it, 
and it, and Surf's Up will win. Uh, we're still we're still gonna play the other song. I don't know. We'll see from, what we get, man. Are we gonna? Yeah, oh, we're getting we're getting. It's Feel Flows versus Get oh, You Back. All right, there you go. Ooh, yeah, Feel Flows back. is. I mean, all right. So here's Get You Back. Yes. Actually, I'm gonna play Feel Flows first so that we can hear the two from the Beach Boys, oh, 1985, man. in back to back. Here's Feel Flows from the Beach Boys album Surf's Up. Give it up for royalty when you when you hear it coming. That's right. I hate to fade it out during that second verse when those background vocals come in, but oh. I got we got if we played all these the whole song, I mean, it would just go, it would be interminably long. So <laughs> yeah, no, uh, doing, that's that's great. cost of doing business. Um, oh my goodness, yeah, I know. Oof, so wow, perfect. It's just that's a really rare sound for them. Something about that one doesn't feel like any other Beach Boys song. But it also Agreed. feels like the cream of the crop in this in this weird way. I wish Carl would have um, written a hundred more songs. You know, he might have, or he probably did, but I don't know. What anyway? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, feel flows. I mean, I think of the use of it in Almost Famous, which is my favorite movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. of of all time. Um, that song just. Oh my goodness. I don't really know what to say about it. It's it's so like fifty psych rock bands were sort of founded on the first five seconds of that song, and yeah. just that that insane. I mean, in one way, it's a continuation of what Brian used to do in the Pet Sounds and Smile era, where it's like, I mean, I assume that he wrote this song, but I guess I don't know how sort of in the studio he was for it. I think this is a Carl Wilson song. Am I wrong? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is a Carl Wilson composition. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Which, That's incredible. Which really, it's pretty simple chord chords wise. There's really only one change on the right. White puff listening, saddle flows. Just the feel. I mean, actually, yeah, carry on with your thought, though, there. Well, yeah, I just I, I just think that what what he would often do is combine two or more instruments playing the same melody mm. to create a hybrid sound that you couldn't place. That's right. You didn't know what it was because you've never heard those two instruments playing in unison before. And then if someone tells you, oh, it's an oboe and uh right. whatever, yeah. you know, and a vox organ or something, right. like you go, oh, I guess I can hear that now. But you can't tell what it is. And that main piano sound cool. in Feel Flows is like that. Like, I don't know what's making that sound. If I, I could listen very closely and, and guess, but it's like one of the more distinctive sort of lead piano-based sounds in a piano-based song that I can think of at all. Yeah. Like, it's really a unique – it's incredible. It's like as unique as some of those – 
clove sounds on Stevie Wonder or whatever. It's sure. like it's really unique. Right. And then they def they break into I think there's like a Moog solo in the middle section. Oh, there's a crazy Moog solo. And then there's yeah. even yeah, production wise, they were really ex going for it, like in a way that. And was a Moog solo in 1971. I mean, this is that's right. pretty early synth wise. Right. Exactly. And then they were really taking and chances, like the backwards yeah. reverb on the vocal. I'm not oh. sure how much we've heard of that. I mean, they basically had to record the vocal tape backwards and track reverb on it while it's playing backwards and then flip it back around yeah and time it up um so cool like i so i've heard of, some of that on like sufjan stuff sure um, right. but he's doing that digitally i imagine like the fact that they had to go through all that effort you know that's cool and then it worked you know and they were able to like and it totally works pull it off and let's see by surfs up i think this era for them is sort of the idea of it is like the whole crew is getting it going now like Carl's, yep. Carl's yeah. producing, Mike's singing, Dennis is writing, Bruce is producing. I mean, they're all writing and it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fuel Flows is so beautiful and, and rare. Yeah. The three, the three Brian Wilson songs, I guess the, there is Take a Load oh. Off Your Feet, which Brian writes on, which is silly. Uh, but the, the three like serious Wilson, Brian Wilson compositions are tracks, you know, eight nine ten they're at the end of the record and Which, but they do fit in a way that is what makes this what makes this record so great is that those songs do feel more cohesive with side a for instance in a way that on albums like miu it sounds really that's a like good point disconnected that's surfs a, up feels to me like one thing for the most part yeah that's a really good point and also like we were talking about 2020 earlier we're like yeah they put what was it cabin essence or uh our prayer or something on those felt so out of place the, yeah the smile yes. tracks on 20 whereas like by the time a day in the life of a tree till i die surfs up clearly it's super ambitious even on this record but it fits you know what i mean like it's almost like they build the album to just build up to that last track and yeah well we'll get surfs to up. that track surfs up wins fuel flows wins um but you know what's interesting? So as Surf's Up goes throughout here, they uh, we haven't even heard Get You Back yet, but we already know that Surf's Up oh. wins. <laughs> you just know Get You Back so well that I didn't need to play it. We might need to edit, edit that one over. No, oh, it's funny. Scoot that one over. I love Get You Back, by the way. Me too. I, I can't wait to hear it. But the thing about Surf's Up, I'll just say briefly before we get into these tracks from 1985 self-titled the beach boys the songs that make it onto smile this is something i forgot to mention early that's important for which songs are eligible from which albums the songs that ultimately make it into the main smile or smile sessions track listing those don't get counted on other albums so surfs up will have to compete on the non smile tracks which means the song surfs up uh, the album title song is not on the Surfs Up. It's actually competing with Smile. That'll be so. That'll be considered a Smile song, not a Surfs Up. Yes, song. got it. Yep, and same for Good Vibrations, Heroes and Villains, uh, Our Prayer, Cabin Essence, etc. All anything like that will not count from. And any other song that I didn't mention that's on Smile, but that you know isn't in the top five plays or whatever. I'm trying to think of what else might be on there. Wind chimes or something. So wind chimes 
competed with other smile tracks to be played in the tournament. It did not compete with whatever is on 2020 or friends or whatever wind chimes. Is on. So heroes and villains is not part of smiley smile. No, it's not part of smiley smile. Got it. She's going bald is going to be all on its own. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but let's talk. So here I am going to play two songs from the Beach Boys 1985 self-titled album because yeah. these songs both fucking rip. Yep. Here's Get You Back. I mean, that is so good. Yeah. Some of you will have to just sort of like get past the 1985 production on it, but that is a killer pop song. Those hooks are great. Those background vocals are slamming. And dude, this is a Mike Love. This is a Mike Love song. And it's, but it's got that, that emotional thing where it's like heavy and like kind of sad and nostalgic. The first tape that I had or the first, Beach Boys CD that I had was like the Beach Boys made in the USA, which was like a like a nineties compilation, compilation yeah. or something. So when I heard this as a kid, I didn't know this was like eighties production or like not right. the, not he the cool stuff. Yeah. I just knew this song like made my like heart move and like yes. sounded yeah. and felt good. And they're like, it's got that like Phil Spector thing happening, you know, or the thing that they kind of maybe failed to nail on like MIU or whatever, the production right. is big and, and strong and, and beautiful. And yeah, I, I love get you back, man. Yeah. Uh, so then this is another track. I love where I belong written yeah. by Carl Wilson, yes. sung by Carl and Al Jardine. There's really no lead vocal in that chorus. It is just yeah. like that might as well be boys to men right there. Like they're right. just all singing. <laughs> and that's when you realize just how killer and powerful they are as like a singing unit. Yeah. Man. Oh my goodness. So good. And I guess well, yeah, and that's out Al, and that's Al Bruce, Mike Bryan. That's that's the band. I mean, Dennis, this is the first record after Dennis had passed away, which is kind of crazy. But they're mm. all they're all there. There's there's more cool songs on this record too, and it gets weird. There's like a a song written by a boy George on the song. Did you know that? Uh, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, "Passing Friend" by George O'Dowd. There's some stuff on this that kind of echoes, or it's like precursor. I feel to like Brian's solo debut record a little bit. But anyway, yeah, yeah, it shares it shares some stuff with that. I think that's 1988. Um, all right, well, 
Cool. Beach Boys, Beach Boys, Fuel 1985. Flows. It goes to Fuel Flows. All right, next up, Holland, 1973 yeah. versus Smiley Smile, 1967. Ooh. Not a foregone conclusion. No, this, this is some matchup. like middle round now where you're like, you don't know who's going to Yeah, win. we're middle seeds. Okay, so here we've got... Um, let me let me tell you the the smiley smile song first because I need to kind of explain it. So I opted to include the song "Vegetables" okay. on Smiley Smile because the version is a totally different recording and the arrangement is different. They've got Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney's on the Smile sessions, I think, but not the Smiley Smile version. And it's it it's different enough, and it and it really does kind of fit the vibe of the Smiley Smile album. Like it sounds like a song on that record. Sort of the silliest right. and most spare aspects of the Smile Project got put onto that record. Cool. So that one felt like it made sense to your argument. For your argument Smile. is sound. Thank you. Here's vegetables. I tried to kick the ball, but my tinny flew right off. I'm red as a beet, cause. I'm so embarrassed. I'm gonna keep well my vegetables caught off It is so incredibly stripped down. It's yeah. really stark. Bass really and vocals. Stark. Bass guitar and vocals. Bass and vocals. And uh water out of a jug. Out of a jug. Water, out of a jug, yeah. Here's Sail on Sailor from Holland, oh, 1973. Geez. Oh, no. always fearing, never clearing, persevering. Sail on, sail on, sailor. I work the seaways, the gale swept seaways. Tough one. It's a tough one. I can see you. I can see your your brain kind of hurting here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. Again, I want to like when if I start to try to think to the next rounds, which I know I'm not supposed to do, right? You're not supposed to do that because there's a whole lot of love on Smiley Smile. Holland is there's a whole lot of love on Holland as well. Yeah, I'm a big Holland fan. Yeah, yeah. I, I find myself listening to it ten times as often as Smiley Smile. I got a lot of love for Smiley Smile, and I think it was the most, like, brave move ever, maybe, like, in pop music or something. Um, such a huge shift from what the world was expecting. I mean, the most minimal, weird, dry album, like, coming after Good Vibrations sold a billion copies. It's like... Right. And right. it kind of killed their career and yeah, may maybe really killed did. Brian's mental health, but... Also, like, began them on a path of being, like, a family band in a cool way. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Vegetables, since it's such a key part of Smile, it, it becomes, like, a, a big piece, sort of. And right. it's really fun and funny and cool, and I love everything about it. But Sail on Sailor is epic, lyrically, and the groove 
Holland is that is getting back to that uh, Beach Boys in concert record. Oh, you know what? We actually kill it as like a big, powerful band, and you can feel it on Sail and Sail and Sailor. I love Sail and Sailor a lot, and I would pick it over Vegetables. All right, I'm not going to argue. I agree. Holland goes on. Uh, anything else to say about that Smiley Smile record? I mean, you talked a little bit about it already. It feels like historically, it's like this letdown almost. But if you can really approach it as its own piece, I think it's got a lot to offer. It's it's um yeah it, it's really it's really a wild ride and yeah it is. I think a lot of the it's crazy to to realize that wonderful from Smile is on this. Wind yeah. chimes Wind is chimes, on this. That's on. Vegetables smile, is yeah. on this. Heroes yeah. and villains is on this. So it's like, but all these versions um, to me they don't stack up. It sounds like they were just having a lot of fun at home and it's just kind of super stony and weird and awesome little pad is a highlight and uh so i'm sad to see it go on as it's a fitting a fitting farewell moving on we've got the smile sessions or the smile album you know whatever we want to call that mm. uh versus stars and stripes volume one this oh, is geez. the second seed <laughs> versus the 31st seed uh, here's Stars and Stripes, and this is a a reworking of the song Don't Worry Baby. Oh, yeah. Something's bound to go wrong, but he looks in my eyes. And With Lori Morgan on lead vocals. Ow! Okay, you know, this gets counted as a Beach Boys album, but it isn't. I mean, it's weird because it's like they get all these different vocalists, but they are only a band because of their vocals. Like, they're not an instrumental <laughs> band. Like, you don't even know who's playing on the tracks at any yeah. time. So it's well, the weirdest fucking thing that they would do a covers <laughs> album of their own songs with different people singing them. Yeah. It's so weird. It is really weird, which is why I've never actually listened to it. I think, and just by the title and the way it's presented, you kind of feel like it's just another one of oh. like a hundred compilation albums that the Beach Boys have put yeah. out. Yeah, that's what it looks like, yeah. Although that is the Beach Boys singing all the background vocals. I guess they're doing the background vocals, yeah. And they actually, yeah. they, they sound good because they're, they're the Beach Boys. I get around be two year school. It's all old Beach Boy songs. So they just decided to make it. Here's from Wikipedia. In music critic Stephen Thomas Erlewine's description, the release was, quote, an unmitigated disaster and an outright embarrassment <laughs> for all involved, end quote. Oh, man. <laughs> That's so sad. Oh, that is geez. really sad. Anyway, all right. Who cares about Stars and Stripes Volume 1? It's it's the sacrificial lamb to go up against Smile. So let's listen to Jason. Good fucking vibrations. Oh These gosh. are not, not pretty good vibrations. It's the whole goodness. The fully good, good vibrations. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. I'm picking up Good 
Sometimes before the chorus hits, you can forget just how good this song is. You mm-hmm. can forget that it is like a top 100 pop songs of all time <laughs> tier song. Yeah. But then that third chord in the chorus, when all the background vocals are in, all the harmonies, and it keeps jumping up a uh, a key each time. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, this is this is the fucking pyramids of Egypt. It's like <laughs> yes. you you are reminded of that. You can kind of forget. Although I do think that that opening organ and vocal is like an absolutely perfect and Carl way too. to open a song. Ah, it's like oh, oh what? Carl, <laughs> it's like so perfect. Do you know how they got that sound? Like, is it like literally just damaged old tape that they recorded the organ onto? Like, what's that lo-fying of it where it yeah. sounds so, you know, gnarly? I don't know. But if if you, is it two organs maybe? And also the way they recorded this, mm. it was all in chunks. So they would like record a Different session. studios, yeah. And then like bounce it down and then like loop that or like bring that to a different place. And actually on that intro, you can hear them change the stop on the organ, like in the middle of the performance. Have you heard that before? No. You should just pl- play it again real quick. What do you mean change the stop? Okay. It? So a stop, a stop on an organ is like all the little, uh, you know, organ has like a little bank oh, of the draw bars. And, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, yeah, it feels like somebody in the middle of that beginning, like smashes a, a, a bunch of those little draw bars and the sound completely changes and and makes it go basically smaller or whatever yeah here let's okay listen again from the top oh that's what that sound is but then know. it seems to kind of come back in here and there yeah. so I mean, what i be, don't know is if someone's like manually an, writing it or something you know they could be doing that it could be an eq on the console where like the engineer is like oh let me turn that back right there or something yeah Anyway. It's like, cause they used to do this stuff. Like they didn't necessarily know which one they're using and they're, they're trying things out. And then they might like in that era, you might go, yeah, that sounds a little bit fucked up there. How it was too loud and you turn it down. But like, that's a really good take. That was like the best <laughs> yeah. vocal performance. Right. So they just keep that one. Cause you can't, you can't swap out the vocal performance. You right. just live with it. That's all over early Dylan stuff too. Like you're like, that was not the best instrumental take. Right. But and there's all these things they leave in. Okay. But guess what? If so, you re- if you remove all that from music, as happens in a lot of modern music, right. the, so- the soul's gone, the feel's yep. gone. It's like that's what makes that's what makes it kind of magic is those moments that you keep, you know. This is gonna be our time to talk about good vibrations. What would you like to say about good vibrations, Jason? Man, it's like the pinnacle, you know? I mean, it's like uh it couldn't be more far out and experimental and at the same time it couldn't be more just candy like delectable pop perfection it's like yeah yeah the way it was created was completely something that had never been done before that you know recording whole miniature orchestras in several different studios and patching tape together and then you know there's a hundred different versions of it that brian was working on i mean and it's got the emotion still, like we're talking about. It's got that soul. It's got that deep, like with Carl's voice, it's got that light, love, you know, lovely, like romantic top end. And then it's got the heavier, like I'm picking up good vibrations. I don't know. To me, it's, it's, it's a, it's a full spectrum of a uh, pop perfection. It's Brian Wilson, maybe his best work as a, as a completed piece, you know, 
Yeah, I mean, my favorite song is God Only Knows, but God Only Knows is just like a shorter, kind of more compact piece. Yeah. It is a perfect, you know, I don't know if it's longer than two and a half minutes, but the main kind of bulk of the song is really two minutes and 10 seconds, and then this incredible, absolute angelic outro, Yeah, basically. And, and that is... I mean, I just, I do think it is the best pop thing ever recorded, but good vibe, like, but good vibrations is it's such a higher level of difficulty. It's doing more than it's almost, it's really breaking the rules of what a song does. Right. Uh, and so I think they're, they're not really apples and oranges in that sense. And in that sense, God only knows can't, can't hold up to good vibrations in yeah. that larger sense. Yeah. 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 It was something, like, something about good vibrations where it, with each turn, it just goes to a, such a new place, you know, it's like, which I guess makes sense that it wasn't created in a linear fashion, which nowadays with computer music production, nonlinear is the standard, but back right. then, it, back then it was like some engineer smoking a cigarette, cutting the tape to line up musically perfect, you know, and like, Right. It's just, it's, it's a technical masterpiece. Yeah. But also has all that same emotion and soul and like ear candy and mind. Yeah. I, yeah. I love it. It wins. Ah, oh, it wins. All right. Smile Sessions goes on. Stars and Stripes Volume 1. We hardly knew you. We wish we hadn't had to meet you in the first place. <laughs> right. All right. Surfing USA versus the Beach Boys Christmas album. Oh, this is another weird. kind of... Okay. Mid seed versus mid seed. Sure. So here is Surfing USA. They don't just cover Chuck Berry's Sweet right. Little 16. It is it is a true like souped up job. Oh yeah. And and like they're not simply changing out the lyrics to be about surfing and the surf places. It's like Brian's like, "Okay, I see you're 25 whoever produced that Chuck Berry song and I raise you 75 more. <laughs> like we're taking this to 100 it is so much clearer. There are all these little flourishes, uh, the way he utilizes the their sort of choral background Inside, vocals. Outside, USA. Yeah. I mean, it is just like, it's a it's night and day from the Chuck Berry song. Now, he should have been fairly compensated for that right. and all the, you know, all that bullshit. Indeed. But just from a musical perspective, like, this is, this is him saying, like, I know Elvis just ripped off black artists. Guys, I don't fucking need to do that. Like... I'm I'm going beyond. I'm yeah. doing something different. I'm yeah. doing something else that's in my mind. Yeah. So I I I find this song just like so cool. But I haven't even played Little Saint Nick yet. Uh. So well, I'll have you hold your uh, Surfing USA commentary. I jumped the gun. Nope. You're good. I, I'll be quiet. Here's Little Saint Nick from the Beach Boys Christmas album. One year later, 1964. Little Saint Nick, Little Saint Nick, it's the Little Saint Nick, Little Saint Nick, run, run, reindeer. 
My wow. favorite thing about Little St. Nick is that if I have to be in a commercial establishment around the holidays <laughs> yeah. and I have to be listening yeah. to corporate <laughs> Christmas music, yeah. Little St. Nick at least is popular enough that it comes up every yeah. 40th or so song. For sure. And I'm like, fucking thank you yeah. the Beach for giving me two minutes, two minutes and three seconds of sweet respite from Paul McCartney and his fucking. I love that song, by the way. You do? Oh, I can't <laughs> I handle it. I feel like it's so hated. I can't on, handle but it. I love it for some reason. Yeah. No, what I is that you. song called? Christmas time? Uh, a wonderful Christmas time? Simply having, time. simply yes. having a wonderful Christmas. Simply time. having a wonderful, yeah. I, I can't do that. There's much, much worse than that. That's still probably like, well, okay. At least it's Paul McCartney. You know, I'm not listening to. No, I hear and you. I, I love Mariah Carey, but there's a lot of really bad shit that gets played. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, that dude. This is actually a hard one for me. Hmm. And I'm gonna zoom outside of the Beach Boys a little bit and say that a Christmas album for me kind of falls outside of an artist's discography a little bit. Yeah, so, totally. Agreed. In in the way that live albums often usually do for me. For some reason, Little St. Nick, it's actually a really cool and good song. And it's such a great blend of Brian writing a catchy melody with great vocal. Right. And Mike, Mike lyrics that are kind of cheesy. I love the Beach Boys Christmas album. And I pull it out. I spin it every every Christmas a lot. For sure. Um, but there's kind of a novelty to it. And if I compare that to Surfing USA, which is such a foundational part of what the Beach Boys are, and clearly so much of what Brian was really trying to put out there, I'm going to give this one to Surfing USA. And a little shout out to Chuck Berry on that as the should be a large part of the compositional rights on that one. Yep. And, you know, I, I would imagine that eventually... I would guess that that was made right because that that law got clearer and stuff over time. Yeah. And hopefully he and his estate got paid back. Everything yeah, for sure. I, I would sure. hope so. I wouldn't be surprised if so. So, uh, yeah, that's great. I was going to have to veto you if you went with Beach Boys Christmas. Oh, cool. Because, that's cool. Although with Sweeties, there's not a lot of great songs on Surfing USA album. No, it's not a deep album. And Shut Down is going to probably lose to whoever it goes up against. But that version that recording of surfing usa yeah. i think is like yeah i think it's honestly i think it's underappreciated it's like undervalued yeah it's electric man and if you if you listen to like um some compilation that that's slightly uh chronological and it yeah. starts with like surfing surfing yeah. and then goes to like let's go surfing now surfing safari when yeah. surfing usa comes on it's like like the production is huge and like yes. shimmering and like high yeah. And you can tell that's Brian, like, oh, yeah. he's Brian figuring it out. getting it yeah. going and it's like, it's killing. Yeah, I agree. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next up, All Summer Long. Ooh. This is a good record. Versus yeah. LA Light Album. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Which is from 1979. 19- Seventy nine. Okay, here's I get around from all summer long. Oh, round round get around. I get around. Yeah, get around round round. I get around. I get around.
place where the kids are hip. Unreal. Oh, unreal. So good. And here's. <laughs> This is going to be easy. Here's Lady Linda from L.A. Light Album. Oh, my gosh. Al. Al. Won't you come here and lie? Lady Linda, with me. We can lie in the Green Canyon Meadow. And we'll hear the birds sing in the spring. Don't you know this day? Oh man! Wow. Uh, I don't really know that song. That's a cool, weird song, dude. Right uh, on the Wikipedia writer Johann Sebastian Bach, Al Jardine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And Ron, that's awesome. Ron Albach. Ron Albach. That's so awesome. Yeah. 1979. I love the album cover of this. I love the artwork. I think it's so awesome. Dude, I, I actually love the, the Light Album. Something about it, man. They're somehow not trying to be retro on it. Hmm. And so with that comes a bunch of like Dennis songs and some Carl songs where they're like, it's not just we're trying to be the old Beach Boys, which is probably why Beach Boys fans maybe didn't want it right then or something. But as yeah. a lover of the band, they're doing cool stuff. There's only one brian wilson song on this oh, no no two there's two and so that that sets you back right there it's also yeah. got the um 11 minute here comes the night disco have you heard that i have but it has been a while do we need to play that right now a lot of people think this is bad but i know it's good <laughs> <laughs> okay where should i tell me where to start it roughly in the first in this 11 minute song where um, should i look for I mean, it starts cool, but I think maybe hit the middle and there's probably some vocal stuff happening. Although I don't really know, but give us, give us a, a little taste. Here comes the night, 10 minutes, 51 seconds on the Beach Boys 1979 album, Light Album. <laughs> Whoa. Should I sample this for Havana Swim Club? Probably. <laughs> Nobody else has sampled it. Wow. What in the fresh hell? I mean, I mean that's... Objectively, gotta, it's good. Just, it's, yeah, but it it's such a weird choice for that album. Very much so. Very, very, very weird very choice. So. Very probably drug uh, induced. So, um, what are you thinking? I get around or, dude, I get around is one of the greatest Beach Boys songs. I think it was their first number one hit. And it man, was. and it's it. That song is. Uh, I am a deep lover of I Get Around. So this one is not a contest. I got love for Lady Linda Al, Al Jardine. I think he he divorced his wife uh, Linda and she, from then forth played it as Lady Liberty live. Oh, bummer! Yeah, a little bit. 
But yeah, a little I, knife, little knife twist every night. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I get around. I love how the the beginning of that track is so powerful. It's just like a guitar going like, boom, count, and then it's like four bars of only vocals, but it's so full. It's like it feels like you know you don't even realize it's just like an acapella break because it's so energetic, tough, kind of badass. Yeah, I love. I get around. So, oh, what do you think? Well, about I'm gonna I get play. Around? I love I Get Around. I think it's like, it feels like uh, the clearest home run of a certain kind of pop thing Brian was going for. Yeah. That was based in, here's how I'd like to say it. It was based in the surf and car song sort of ethos and sound, but it wanted to to reach just one shoulder length farther yeah. than that Good point. and sort of poke its head up and go, no, we're doing like, this is worth looking at because it can produce this, Yeah, you know, that kind of a thing where it's not quite, he's not, it's not California girls. He's not beyond it and yep, just yep. doing his own thing, whole cloth, but he's like elevating the form. Uh, and so I think I get around accomplishes that. Yeah. I love that. You're right. And, and not only in the production the lyric too is like it's not about our car it's about like just me and my it's like about our crew you know what i mean yeah which is kind of awesome it's yep i'm with you i get around well i'm not letting light album go too quickly because we have to play good timing yeah yes which is just it is really it's one of my favorite second half of their career tunes. And this is the Absolutely. one new Brian composition on the album. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Him and Carl. Couldn't I couldn't fade it earlier. I know. Couldn't bring myself to do it. The lyric is just like, you need good timing. But why is that so like emotional and like it like pulls at your heart about like, yes, I need good timing. There's something so <laughs> magical about the chords and the melody and the performances. Like, I don't know, man. They're Beach Boys are magical. Oh, they are a magic band. Well, see you later, LA. All summer long. Let's see how long you last. This is another interesting one. This is probably the first one that I'm like, I got no idea which way this is headed because I don't really know what to assume about your love for Beach Boys Love You. But it's Beach Boys Love You versus That's Why God Made the Radio. The Mm. 2012 late swan song, really. It's a swan song. It's a... I think it's a really good album. Me too. Shockingly good. Me too. Uh, for everything about it, basically. So this is uh, from That's Why God Made the Radio, 2012, Pacific Coast Highway. Sunlight's fading and there's not much left to Bye. 
Brian sounds 10 years younger than he is on some of these songs. Yeah, they he, really got it dialed in on, on these. And he was able to, I think because some of these songs have been cooking for so long. Yep. He was, he is just so in them. And I just think that they got him to sound better than he sounds even, or maybe about the same as eight years prior yeah. on on Smile. Yeah. And I think he's really sounding good. And, and even now, 10 years later, you can hear, ooh, there's been pretty significant slippage there. I wouldn't say heavy handed, but there's plenty of auto tune throughout yeah. all those performances, which, yeah, brings it up to a, a more solid pitch wise. But he, even that aside, I would agree with you. Like, you feel like you can really feel him singing it. He's not, he's not fighting it. He's, he's, uh, no. he's expressing he's it not, out beautifully. He is technically singing from a teleprompter, but he's not singing from a teleprompter. <laughs> right. On the, right. you know what I'm saying? On this record. It's the one where it feels like he, he, this, like you can tell this record was important to him. Yeah. yeah. This was kind of his last real sort of big chance yeah. to sort of show what he could still do. I'm, I don't know if he knew that Mike Love would immediately disband after the cash grab of the 50th anniversary. We all knew that that would happen. Yeah. I imagine people in his life probably told him that that would happen, but I don't know if he knew it would happen. Yeah. But he treated this record like he knew that would happen. Yeah. This was not going to happen again. So like put it all on there. Yeah. It's crazy. You look at Brian wrote 11 of these 12 songs and oddly enough, I don't think there's been that heavily weighted of a Brian album since love you. And before yeah. that might've been pet sounds. Yeah. Which is pretty far out. That's um, crazy. Yeah. I'm it really is really Brian heavy. I'm really surprised that, was that the number one Spotify count? Yep, it was, which wow. is surprising. It must be on, maybe it was on a show or been on some like, you know, some of their editorial playlists, the Spotify playlist, because this record doesn't have a ton of listens. I mean, that's, um, but Pacific yeah. Coast Highway is an, incre I mean, that's an incredible track. Well, especially, I think if you come into it after From There to Back Again. Yeah. Where yeah. Al, Al sounds like. He recorded Help Me Rhonda yesterday. Like his voice sounds okay. so great. I wanted to say that about Al Jardine. So it's been interesting as we time jump here tonight. I feel like nowadays his voice is the most solid. Like yeah. on that, on that's why God made the radio. Al Jardine's like, you're like, wow. For sure. He sounds great. But actually in like the 1973 recording and like so, sort of some of that era of his voice, 70s, I'm like, it kind of sounds weird, actually. It sounds like he sounds like too old oh, yeah. for everyone else. Sure. And then now he sounds too young compared to everyone else. Like he didn't change, but something about the quality of his voice sounds yeah. like a 50 year old. Right. Not a 30 year old, yeah. but not an 80 year old either. You know, <laughs> like, so it's, I don't know. That's, isn't yeah. that weird? That's what I'm that's hearing. A, that's a good, that's a good, it's keep it clean with Al Jardine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we, we've been talking about this record. We we're supposed to hear the Love You song. Let's play that now. So this is from Beach Boys' Love You, The Night Was So Young. In my bed, I think of her eyes, and it makes me sigh. I think of her voice, and it makes me cry. Is somebody going to tell me why? She pissed around 
That song is such a, it's such a tease because the lyrics are so weird and about this like very particular mentally ill man's life. (laughs) It's just like, like, what is this? What is this? This psychiatric patient is recounting the order in which he does things like I went to my sink. It's just like you are not. So that kind of throws you off the scent of how cool the composition is musically and all those vocals and even some of the instrumentation going on. (laughs) Some of that guitar work, like it's cool, but he, he just sounds like he's been committed and like they let him out to do this. I mean, it's really, it's disconcerting as well as it is silly, but it's a really good song. Am I just like trampling over your sacred heart here. I'm sorry. Jason. Yes. Yes, you are. You did. You did. You, the work, your work is done. Oh, I'm no, sorry. I mean, you know what? You're right. But I think it's, it's in that line of like busy doing nothing. Help us on the way. And those kind of jams where it's like, for most people that don't know what that means, most of the Brian's great songs, the lyrics were written by either Mike Love or an other, other Tony lyricists. Asher, right. Van Dyke Parks. Yep. There we go. There we go. Love You is All Brian, and it was, I mean, you're literally right. It literally was sort of a, <laughs> you're right. The verses are weird, intimate, and super, like, minutia level, like, details of some man's life. Um, yeah, man, this, The Night Was So Young to me is is a serious highlight off of Love You, which Love You is a serious highlight out of the mm-hmm. Beach Boys for me, so... But it's got that soul, man. It's got that feeling. It's got that when the whole chorus comes in of the whole group. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's the better song, man. Uh, I think it beats Pacific Coast Highway, which is too bad because I love that. That's I love that's why God made the radio. Yeah. Um. So my vote there is Night Was So Young. I don't know. Okay, I gotta figure. Am I gonna use my? Am I gonna use my veto here? Am I going to need one coming up? I'm not going to need it, so I'm going to use it. I'm going to veto you because I'd rather listen to and talk about songs from That's Why God Made the Radio than Love You. Okay, so... And I was wondering, I was, my guess is that you might be the opposite. You prefer Love You to That's Why God Made the Radio. I really love That's Why God Made the Radio. And in fact, I mean, we were both at that show on that tour. The 50th yeah. anniversary, we were at that show together. Have you not gone down into Beach Boys Love You much? I have. No, I have. I've spent time with it. I like I'll Bet He's Nice, Let Us Go On This Way. I don't like honking down the gosh darn highway. Oh, yeah. Keeping it clean with Jardine. I don't like that song. <laughs> I don't like Ding Dang. Oh, you know, there's like there's like uh, Beach Boys fans that make um, YouTube videos that are like, Eight hours of ding dang on loop. <laughs> no, I don't know. Oh my goodness. That's a thing. It's a weird so look, if I'm gonna be kicking it out, then let's spend a little time talking about it because it is a very interesting artifact. I mean, the the like crochet artwork cover, which I love. And what's that called? Um cross stitch. Yeah. The yeah, cross stitch yeah. cover artwork. I love it. 
it is such a it is just such a weird record. Um, what do you want to hear or t- or tell us about it? So yeah, I think this this was made as I think for Brian he was kind of coming out of a big dark restricted time and he was encouraged at this point to write music again and so he was really on his own and it was going to be called Brian Loves You but it turned into a Beach Boys record so it it is super super weird but you should probably play I be- I'll Bet He's Nice I'm going to play I'll Bet He's Nice I'll bet he's funny and that ain't all I'll bet he shows you quite a bomb Please don't tell me if it's true Because I'm still in love with you Pretty darling, you my pretty darling Oh yeah. man. Dennis, Brian, Carl comes in. It's beautiful and and messed up and weird and perfect and uh I love love you. What where would you I'm not asking you for your entire 1 to 32 ranking here, but like approximately what number do you think love you is on your top albums list? Man, you know, I've never like I've never laid it all out and so I bet if I started to I I would surprise myself. <laughs> Yeah. I bet it would end up in the top 10 for sure. Okay. So you, you really, it's up there for you. I think yeah. so. Yeah. 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 I mean, I sing these songs with my kids and, and I play this a billion times, you know, it's a true out. It feels like an outlier, but again, this is like the first Brian Wilson production since smile, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. And so it's often considered to be like the last of the, really good albums sort of chronologically right right until that's why god made the radio which was a full 35 years later crazy huh isn't that insane 35 years later the best thing they had done in 35 years (laughs) yeah you think so you think it's the best one since i I think it is the best one since love you Yeah. yeah yeah It's hard because, yeah, there's there's albums that are like, oh, but this album's good, this album's good, but then there's like, there's stinkers on it. I mean, that's why God Made the Radio is a great listen all the way through. Yeah. I mean, there's a f- couple songs that are like, okay, a little too much Mike Love there, or just like a little too cheese ball, or occasionally a little too out there, like Private Life of Bill and Sue. Yeah, that one, is- the lyrics are weird on that one. But other, but like sonically, musically, composition yeah, wise, for sure, I I like it more than Love You. So for me, it would go back to like I think it's probably better than Holland. I think it's probably my favorite record since Surfs Up. Yeah, awesome. I really I think very highly of it. Isn't that amazing that they? That it's they amazing did. that they were able to do that. I mean, it's really a feat. And it's I'm not so sure, rare. I'm not sure if it went under the radar. To fans, it's amazing they did it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I will bid a sad adieu to love you, and I would encourage people to uh, give that a spin, get freaked out, and then give it a spin like a couple months later, and maybe check out Mona on repeat a couple times. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Summer Days and Summer Nights, 1965, versus 15 Big Ones. This is another... Sacrificial Lamb. Here is the cover, Rock and Roll Music from 15 Big Ones. Oh, yeah. 1976. Got a back 
Took my loved one over across the tracks So she could hear my man a wailing sax I must admit they have a rocking band Man, they was blowing like a hurricane Yeah. A man reaches a certain threshold, Jason, that he cannot cross. <laughs> it would be fun to see them play that live. It would be slightly less fun to see just like any good cover band play it live. <laughs> like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But I don't I can't bring myself to like put anything from that record in with these songs that I love of theirs. Yes. I just it did there's nothing in that even second tier, first or second tier for me. Are you talking about all of fifteen big ones? Or are you talking yeah, about I have rock a hard time music? with that record? But yeah. especially rock and roll music, but I just I don't really Yeah. And I just looked up it it wasn't on Made in the USA, but I think it was on some one of those first Beach Boys compilations I had. Mm-hmm. So to me, I didn't know that this wasn't just a Beach Boys song. Like an early Beach Boys song, yeah. And so to me, it kind of rips. <laughs> yeah, it's it what sounds rips. like Catch a Wave got, or something. And yeah. it's got the Brian, that vocal arrangement, that rock, bro, rock in a row. You but know? I guess to me, it sounds like those 1963 recordings those original right. songs like this sound way better than this. Right. That's so a it's good like, it's really, he's lost a step from a production angle or if someone else produced it and just didn't have his chops. Yeah. Um, you know, so that it's where I, I, I could see like knowing it that way or whatever from your childhood, but sonically yeah. it, I don't think it can compete with those tracks. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I, I hear that. Oh yeah. So yeah. What's the next track? So summer days and summer nights, we get California girls, man. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I mean, okay. this is just a bloodbath. That, that's it. It's a bloodbath. It is. I wish they Yeah. That so. song ag- exists as if on the rings of Saturn or something. <laughs> yeah. That song's not even in our atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. lives somewhere else. Right. It's so good. And that just put everyone on notice, too. I feel like, you know, whenever you hear interviews about Brian Wilson documentaries, or everyone's always like, as soon as I heard that song, that one just like opened it up like, oh, wow. Okay. What's yeah. what's this guy doing? Well, this is sixty five. I mean, this is yeah, this is early in the Beatles' career Summer still. Days. I mean, this is like Rubber Soul is sixty four, right? Right. So this is no, no. Is it no Rubber Soul? No, 60, it must be sixty five because that's 65. the one that he listens to before Pet Sounds. So this is before Rubber Soul. California Girls Side Two. Also, that's crazy. Yeah, man. California Girl. That intro is so. Man, just as you're playing, I'd never noticed the Farmer's Daughters reference. Like, they're shouting out 
their own jams. You've never noticed Midwest Farmer's Daughters? Well, no, but the song Farmer's Daughter by the Beach Boys. Oh, I never, I didn't put that together. I never noticed they were like shouting out their own jams, but uh, yeah. Oh, nice. Obviously, California Girls wins this one. Although Brian rushes it a little bit on the chorus. I don't know if you ever noticed it. He needs to lay back of the cut a little more on that. Have you noticed that? No, I have noticed that. He's ahead. Um, okay. I don't, we don't need to talk about 15 big ones, but it, I, I mean, please, if you have something on it, and I know you do. Well, yeah. Do. So it's cool. Like on that fuel flows box set, there's some new versions of Susie Cincinnati, which is which killer. They play live sometimes. Right. And, and I think that was, I think that kind of gets buried in 15 big ones a little bit. Cause I kind of overlooked 15 big ones, but I, I had the record and threw it on and I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. But, uh, I don't need to hear them doing a bunch of old rock and roll covers. Right. But I love It's Okay a lot. And How to Phone You I love a lot. So there's like good, I mean, Brian was writing cool stuff still, just not a ton of it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Not enough to populate an album. All right. Next up, Little Deuce Coop versus our singles collection. So ooh. here is Little Deuce Coop. You don't know. Lots to love. Yep, for sure. For sure. Okay, but it's up against Kokomo. I just fucking love that you song. You love Kokomo. So much. I love Kokomo. I bet if I oh choose Little Deuce Coop, you will veto me on that. I, I don't have any. Oh, I do have. I have two vetoes left. That's right, huh? So, um, yeah, I might. I might, but let's you see. Know, you, it's we'll interesting. See like, both of these songs, like, I know and love, although neither of these are really, like, super high on my list. Although Little Deuce Coop, I just think about my dad singing Little Deuce Coop, so it's a killer jam. What are your thoughts there, man? I'm I don't know. This this is a hard I, one. You know, Deuce, again, my it, thoughts are I I just have never connected as much to the car songs. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was growing up in California, but the surf songs just hit me better, hit me harder. Yeah. Um. Even you know, just from that same early period. Whereas Kokomo, I think the the '80s production is that it's dialed up to 10 on that one. I mean, it's right. like there is not a single sound on it that you can't tell that's like 88 or 86 or whatever <laughs> yeah. year it is. Yeah. Um, and so I think it gets lost because of that. But I think as a song, it yeah. is like incredible. Yeah. It's an incredible pop song. Uh, it might be one of their 20 best it might be one of their 20 best written songs. Yeah. Like for at least in terms of pure pop. And so 
I go with I go with Kokomo personally. Well, dude, I, so that I love that take on it because I, I realize like the lyric lyrically, Little Deuce Coop. Although I understand what the lyrics mean, you're right. It doesn't really speak to me emotionally. Yeah, it's yeah. got like a nostalgic thing to me. And uh, but I'm you gonna, know what? I'm gonna everybody. Catch... Everybody knows a little place called right. Kokomo, whether or not they know the car lingo. Sorry, but you you were gonna do a nice little wraparound bit there. I think <laughs> I cut you off. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Well, I'm just gonna catch your wave, and uh, I'm oh, gonna nice. go with Kokomo on this because of. Woo. Carl's developed voice on that bridge. Oh. We're going, although I will say there's a lot of really killer songs on Little Deuce Coop, which is a little bit of a compilation. Like they put 409 on there. It's got it's Again, kind of their yeah. It's kind of their car album. Although it's crazy because like Battle of Old Betsy or Ball excuse me, Ballad of Old Betsy, it's like a deep emotional love song to a car. The first Be True to Your School That's is right. on there. Be True to right? Your School. Although Spirit I definitely prefer, yeah. Our Car Club. Yeah. It's got a couple jams from Surfer Girl, at least one. But anyway, yeah, dude, let's go with Kokomo. All right. Before we take a break and come back next week, I want to circle back to sort of these post-Pet Sounds later career albums and your experience with them. Like, what's the first post-Smile album that you thought, I love this record. I actually, I had the impression that those records were not options to love, that they were yeah. not worthy of love in the way that the right. that Pet Sounds and Smile were. So what was the first one that you're like, no, I actually, I love this record too. Do you remember? Well, it's weird because after that, then I, it made me get into those like two for CDs. And then it was like, today summer days and summer nights and i was like oh yeah. my gosh like so first okay. you went backwards through the earlier catalog maybe so but i think friends is probably the next one where i was like bang friends this is amazing i love the whole thing yeah i think for me it was surfs up and yeah. i think i think that smile led me so when i my timing was different than yours I got into Pet Sounds in college, and I am a few years younger than you as yeah. well. And so I, because I had gotten into them through Endless Summer, which didn't have any Pet Sounds tracks on it. Oh, right. So then in, in college, when we're starting to get Sherwood going, I'm listening to Pet Sounds, maybe like, oh, three. And right. when does Brian's version of Brian's reworked smile comes out not that long after? Oh, four, maybe? 2004, yeah. Yeah. 2004. So I, I got into smile like within two years of that being released. Wow. Like before? So I was like, but just, just a little before, a little okay. before it. Because I, I remember uh, we were on tour in 2004, probably our first tour that must have been. And I like went into a Barnes and Noble and bought the CD with it had the the white O ring cardboard sleeve. Oh, yeah. I watched that DVD that came out, you know, when they did it live yeah. at Van Dyke Parks, and but so I think then that led to Surfs Up because Surfs Up has right. Surfs Up on it. Yeah, and Surfs Up is my favorite is my favorite track on Smile. Of maybe maybe tied with Good Vibrations, but I'd known Good Vibrations for you know, on its own merits for so long. I mean, obviously similar era. Cause that came out, but by the time Brian's smile came out, we had already digested the good vibrations box set smile stuff so much. And yeah, I had heard the versions on surfs up and all the records. So like to hear Brian put that together, I, I can like picture the night that like we listened to that all the way through the first time. 
Oh. And it was like, it was amazing, man. Like, oh, maybe people have critiques of that or something, but I think Brian's version of that is such a, a masterpiece. Just the fact that he completed that with a lot of help from amazing teammates and stuff. Like, right. That's really like a marvel, you know? So let's, let's just play something here. So this is yeah, from, yeah. this is from his 2004. He finally finishes it. It's very similar to what came out a few years back, the Smile Sessions, which is like yeah. basically the best recreation or reconstitution of what Brian eventually sort of said, yes, this is the order and whatever. So then they did that with those original recordings. And there's obviously something magical about hearing them from 1967, 66 sure. Sessions and like just the, the sound of their voices. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the sounds of their voices back then. And now you can tell Brian's much older. He's he's surrounded by a bunch of people singing who are not members of the Beach Boys. Right. So it's, it. it doesn't have that whole thing, but it it is kind of awesome. Yeah. Here's, for instance, Heroes and Villains from yeah. 2004's yes. version. I've been in this town so long and back in the city. I've been taken for a Anyway, I mean, like, Oof. it's like you can tell he's older. It sounds more like his voice sounds on some of his solo records. He sounds great. He sounds, but so it sounds good. great. It yeah. sounds a, a lot better than it sounds these days, which yeah. that's the first thing I noticed. Yeah, it's a it's a clean sounding recording, but it is warm. It's not. It doesn't sound overly slick. It sounds like just a really clear version of kind of the same gear they might have used back then. If they would have tried to make that in the 80s or even 90s, it sounds killer. It sounds so much like the original. Obviously, it's not tape. It's not done in the 60s, but sonically, I think they really nailed it. And you know what I mean? Like if they would have done that in the 80s, they would have had like yeah. che oh, cheesy, gosh. bad, you yeah. know, like gated reverb on the snare and everything. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We're going to get to some of those songs very quickly here. So for that reason, like it's kind of a, a, a really like sweet blessing that that's when it happened, you know, and like. Yeah. Interesting. Again, yeah. I like that. I start to get really in love with the sound of records, maybe around 93. That's when I start to hear things and I go, I listen to with, with 2022 ears and I'm like, damn, this sounds good. 93. Like early mid, mid, early mid nineties. Like, Siamese you know, dream. Siamese dream sounds really good. <laughs> I mean, obviously I love Nevermind. So like, Butch is a little ahead of the curve there. Never mind, sounds incredible today. Yeah, but that's still that's still people tracking the tape for sure. What I'm saying is there's a sweet spot between the sort of ubiquity of cheesiness of the 80s and then the reliance. Then there's like a hump of over-reliance on the new digital stuff yep. like in the aughts. Interesting. If you made it this far, man, you are a true believer, a true head in the best way. That will be it for part one. Next week, we get an even longer part two. 
And I totally understand if this is too much Beach Boys for you guys. But if you are loving the whole thing, please message me, email me, find me on social media, whatever, because this stuff is so fun and I love connecting about the Beach Boys. Huge thanks to Jason for spending so much time doing so much research and helping me uh, further connect with my favorite band of my entire life. I'm excited for next week, part two. See you then.